What's going on, fam? This your boy, Rev Akil. We are here on Friends and the Fam. We've been missing y'all on this quarantine, staying shelter here in the great state of Maryland, even though one of our hosts, DJ Heavy, is on the West Coast out in Cali. We got my man Danny B is in the building. My man Dan, my man Danny P, and y'all know my favorite, the administrator, Miss R.E. Kim, is in the house. Man, we've been missing y'all like crazy. I know this is going to be a crazy and a dope show for Friends and the Fam. Um, and so I'm just excited to see y'all faces. I haven't seen y'all since we left the studio, uh, what, six weeks ago or something like that? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah something like that. Home edition. Now, look, hold on, now, let's stop. This is my man, Dan. Dan B is the creative genius of the group, man. It's good to see your face, man. How you feeling, bro? I'm good, man. Good to see you, Rev. I ain't seen you since uh, yesterday. Yeah. But I mean, you looking good, man. Last time, you know, many of the folks seen you, they ain't seen you in a minute. You know, you was breathing real heavy, taking your time. Now I you, know. man. Yeah, I'm back, baby. I'm back, man. God resurrected me, so you know, I'm here. You know, that's the good DCB. How y'all saw each other yesterday? Y'all ain't show. Somebody ain't in self quarantine. We social distance though. We, exactly. We, we had to go support black businesses. Yeah. Ah. But I, I shout, shout out to Shell. Shack Seafood, they're in D.C. on the Brentwood side. Actually, I think it's Maryland on the Brentwood side, Rhode Island Avenue, right there in Uncaged Chef. Go get them. Tell them uh, wherever kill, wherever Dan sent you. Try them corn fritters. Try the, the land in the sea. They got these shrimp lollipops with, with prawns just like this big. So, like, go holler at them. And they are black-owned business. Well, I mean, I'm just going to chime in real quick and say I'm glad that y'all went to support black business. Y'all was out social distancing together at six feet. But um, my phone didn't ring at all yesterday. <laughs> well, we understand. Uh, yeah, you wife don't let you out the house. I'm sorry. I was told your wife don't let you out the house. And so. Oh, OK. I okay. like that. <laughs> Now, y'all see my man Dan B look like he a uh, model for Proactive, got his skin glowing real heavy <laughs> over there. <laughs> I can't. I hey, can't. not Proactive, though. Yeah. You got a little glow. His hat off and it looks more like Rogaine. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, y'all, we're excited. So, man, let's just jump straight into it because we got an amazing show. We got some amazing topics we want to talk about. And I know Zoom only gives us like 45 minutes, so there's no need to belabor the hour. Let's just jump straight into our first segment, um, talking about homeschooling. And I know we got two folks on here who are educators by force with this whole homeschooling situation. Uh, my man, Danny P. and Miss Kim. Y'all going to, now, how is homeschooling coming? Matter of fact, Danny, you just take it. Miss Kim, ladies first, what y'all going to do? Ladies first. Go ahead, Miss Kim. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Danny, go ahead. I'm trying to get this technical difficulty stuff going on. No worries. No worries. Listen, listen, y'all. I love the kids. I've been in youth ministry for about over 15 years. So I'm no stranger to working with kids, youth, teenagers. But let me tell you, when I had to jump from being a FEMA employee to being a sixth, uh, fourth grade teacher and a kindergarten teacher, man, oh man. 
shout out to everybody who calls themselves a teacher, who is by trade a teacher, who is a teacher, um, principal, assistant principal, because y'all are doing it. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I ain't gonna, I'm not even going to lie. I dread Monday through Fridays. I mean, it's almost like a groundhog day, so every day loops. But I know Sunday night, I got to fight with my, um, my kids to make sure they stay on track. I got a computer set up on the table. I got an iPad set up over here. That's their workstation. That's two different grade levels. The fourth grade over here, kindergarten over here, Zooming. Um, it's, been, it's been insane. I've had to download at least six different apps so my kids can stay on track with schoolwork and classwork and being able to communicate with their teachers. So it's been, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's frustrating, but I mean, that's, this is the new norm until God says otherwise. Right. So let me, let me ask you this question. Cause I know one of the biggest questions coming up literally nationwide, um, especially for those school districts that are inner city school districts, such as DC public schools, even PG Baltimore, just here in the state of Maryland. And I noticed you said you've had to download several apps. How does this social learning work for those families who don't have Wi-Fi in the home or may not have access to an iPad and had to go to the school to get, you know, Google Chromebooks? but they don't have Wi-Fi at home. What, what's happening for those students? Do you know, or what does that look like? Listen, I have not encountered any students outside of my home that has, that do not have Wi-Fi in their home, but it is my prayer that Comcast, Verizon, and all of those um, avenues are working with these customers to say that, hey, until whenever we will give you this because yes the school systems have issued out chromebooks and macbooks and computers for students but there has to be some type of um avenue for them to be able to access it wi-fi if you can't just give someone a computer if they don't have wi-fi right. so hopefully they're okay. issuing hotspots. i mean i don't know i haven't heard talked to anybody that had that issue now, do you know if the computers that your, your kids got, are they up-to-date computers? Are they outdated computers? What's the situation like? Well, I, we have, I have two Dells, and then I have my work computer, which is a um, Dell also. So I don't have any MacBooks, and they've been working great. I've had, to, you know, we've called Verizon and said, look, you know, y'all need to give us a little more bandwidth, and I'm not trying to pay for it. You know, this is out of <laughs> our control. <laughs> I mean, no, let's keep it real, though. Yeah, that's right. This is out of our control. We would not be using Wi-Fi this much if we were all at school or at home. I mean, we're literally running like six different devices because I'm working also. So I have my computer, I have a Dell computer, I have an iPad and a computer. All of these devices are running at the same time off the same Wi-Fi. And so I had to call and say, hey, can we stretch the bandwidth just so my daughter can use Zoom without it freezing and stopping? And these are issues. These are issues that we never really had to deal with. Sure, Miss Kim. So you've been over there on the West Coast. What's up with you, Heavy? Oh, I'm good, y'all. Listen. What'd you say? You got your name for a second. For a second. For a hot second. For a hot second. I um. It's been cool. It's it's been a blessing to be able to shelter in place um, with my family. I think if I were, you know, on the East Coast, I'd be a little worried um, about my parents. So 
Uh, even though it wasn't my plan, it was God's plan. And I'm like fully leaned into it for me to be here. Um, I plan to be in LA a week and here it is five weeks later and I'm still here. Um, but it's such a blessing. So I'm here so I'm not here. So how, how's the telework situation going for you? I know you started a new job while you were out there and I had to go through training and all this other stuff. How would that, this situation, if this becomes the new norm, how would that affect you as a worker? Um, well, I guess you and Danny um, and Kim too, you know, can weigh in on that. How are, how's the telework feel? I do want to talk about telework, but I wanted to, I'm curious to hear from Kim about this like teleworking and homeschool situation you got going on over there. So how's that, how's that been going? Oh, um. <laughs> That was a long intro. It has its its moments, but for the most part with my job, they've allowed us to do maxi maxi flex. So I've I've been able to get on basically around like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, get off from work and be able to have that time when she gets up to work. So it's okay, but now... She she's getting antsy, mm-hmm. and I find myself getting annoyed. And I sometimes I forget to put myself on mute when she's in class. Oh, I don't do that, Miss <laughs> Kim. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I've had to. So I've had to tell my youngest one while she's on Zoom. I need you to pay attention because she oh, be in there I, dancing. All her other classmates like this, and she on the Zoom dancing and stuff. I said, "Look here, look. Excuse me, Miss Young. You gotta give me one second. Sit down and pay attention. <laughs> Don't blast her like that in front of her prince. No, no, like it's it's it gets real. Like I've had friends of mine that are also parents in Reagan's class text me and say, "Leave her alone." No, you gonna get your life what together. You gonna pay about taking her messages. You said what? What did Reagan tell you the other day about holding her messages? Why she take a nap? Yeah, why she take your six, ma'am? I'm not. I'm not your secretary. Well, what did she say though? Like, so everybody, did, did, so they didn't know. So my six-year-old said, if they call, to basically ignore it. But if they call back to answer the phone and wake her up, her phone rings. Her phone. Rings. No, 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 ma'am. And I politely turned her phone on vibrate. You are six. I'm not answering. I'm not your secretary. Oh, so your 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 six year olds take naps? She didn't have a choice. I'm hold on. Your six year old take naps? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let, let's not get this twisted. Not all the time. She just didn't have a choice if she wanted to live for the rest of the day. Okay, I'm I'm glad I'm glad to know, because around here, some folks think taking naps is a punishment. If I knew what I know, if I knew then what I know now about naps, I would have took more naps. Listen, but let me just put this quick plug, y'all. If anybody out there has students that do not like going to school, they 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 thinking about dropping out of school, they hate going to school, send them to me. I promise you, give me eight hours, they'll be begging to get back in school. They'll be running to that school door because my kids tell me every single day, I'm ready to go back to school. I don't like it here. Mm, me too. Get out. They hate it here. They hate it here. I'm a, 
<laughs> they tired of this school. I hate this house. Listen, I'm just <laughs> praying my child doesn't have the same teacher next year that she has this year. Okay, because this teacher's not getting paid to be to be a teacher. I told, I told you, them, I, they need they need to put me on payroll. Hey, let me be a substitute. I'll come in and fill in for one of y'all classes one day. Hey, are you putting it out there? I'm that thinking about bringing some in classes. If a kill comes to the substitute, y'all need to record that. I need oh, to most definitely. Reagan's going to give you the business. Class. Reagan's going to be like, oh, he can't come in my, my classroom. Mom. Ever again. <laughs> Ever again. He might be all right with your girl, Danny, but Reagan's going to get him the blues. Akil, you can't call Reagan chunks in class, though. Nah, I stopped calling her that a uh, couple of months ago when she... She got mad. She got in her feelings. Yeah, so I had to stop calling her that. Okay, okay. Yeah. But homeschooling is a beast. It's a it's a cat of a different stripe. So <sighs> shout out to all the teachers and educators out there. We love you. We appreciate you. And thank you for all that you do there because I don't want to do it here. <laughs> they need to come. I've seen some um, really dope things on social media from teachers. Like um, I've seen some really cool videos of teachers who are doing like music therapy, who are offering like services for free, who are doing just different classes and different things to keep students engaged, who enjoy learning at a different level. So major shout out to all the educators, those who are trying to figure stuff out, um, trying to just make it as interesting as possible for kids who are at home in their pajamas, just trying to do the best that they can um, to get this part together. Um, and I think it's super dope, kill that you brought up um, kind of the, the digital divide in terms of students who don't have access to the internet, don't have access to computers. Um, homeless youth who are in school, or youth who are experiencing homelessness who are in school, but don't really have a place where they can like do their homework um, or even focus in class, whatever it is. So um, yeah, we're just praying that there's some, some relief coming soon so that people can get back to, to learning in a way that's beneficial to them. Even to youth that are in abusive households, School was right. there. Outlet. But they're stuck home and they're stuck with abusers. There's a lot of women that are stuck home and they're stuck with their abuser. And, you know, I don't know if that's a good quarantine. I don't think that's a good quarantine situation. But it's also a different situation because some of the kids, some of our people in general, don't need social distance. They need the society to really be interrupted and in what's going on. And a lot of times it was being at school, they at least that eight hours away from that household, being at work. At least gave you that eight or nine hours away from that household. But now you got these people in a house 24-7, um, emotions flaring up and, you know, just all types of crazy stuff happening. We've all heard some really crazy stories, you know, just about some abusive stuff that's going on in these households too. So yeah. But that's even with that's even with the sports, like the after school sports too. Right. A lot of a lot of them use that just to get out of the household. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. We have a um a guest that's about to come on in a little bit. His uh, his name is Costello Wilson. He is very 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 good businessman. I've actually learned a lot from this guy. He is the now the chairman of the board of DreamsWork Inc., which is the um, nonprofit that I founded with a few friends back in 2010. And he has taken it to a whole nother level. But today he's going to talk about a lot of his uh, for-profit ventures. 
stuff that he's doing. Um, I know he has a cleaning company that's doing hazmat certifications. He's doing technical companies that do like the computer stuff. And most of his contracts are with the federal government. And so when we talk to him, we're going to really explore deeply, you know, what what kind of fields do people need to be preparing themselves for so they can find a job during quarantine or either be able to be ready to, ready to go to work in a new industry after, after this exit, at least, of the social distance quarantine part of this pandemic. Because, you know, a lot of people are going to need something new that like I, I just what do y'all think the new normal is even going to look like this yeah I think that for me that's hard to predict um because I think it'll have remnants of what we know as normal from before uh self-quarantine happened but then I think there's going to be a lot of things you know a lot of people have been talking on social media about how like this entire time we could have been teleworking and this entire time like airlines could have been offering affordable airfare and all the, the supports that are in place for people like this entire time some of these things could have been happening so I think it's really going to be um, the onus is on um, policymakers and legislatures to really think through a future where should something happen again and not not like this but just anything where persons need relief or support where we aren't putting ourselves in a position where the entire economy has to shift in order for um, relief to happen or for aid to happen so figuring out what a world looks like where there's some semblance of balance so whether that's more telework or whether whether that's more supports for students at home. Um, if students can have computers now, then maybe they can always have computers. Maybe that just becomes a part of the American education experience. So just thinking through a future that um, has a, I don't want to say a meet in the middle, because I just don't think that's realistic, but um, that makes it so that we never find ourselves in a position again, where there seems like this, like panic, not just because of a pandemic, but because the workforce and the education system and everything is like crashing and chaotic around us. Mm. I know one thing that I um, that has sparked my interest is those businesses that has, that have had to shut down due to COVID nineteen are now really thinking about okay how can we still do business if life ever shuts down and we have to close our doors every business is now rethinking their their entire structure their model yeah their model every restaurant now will offer a way to deliver. Restaurants that have never delivered or never did takeout are now going to mm -hmm. offer some form of delivery, some form of takeout to be able to get it to those people yep. that aren't able to come to them. So if you're any CEO out there are, is now pulling their people aside and say, okay, if this ever happens again, how can we be, how can we be prepared and be ready for it? Churches too, especially churches. Churches and we'll we'll I think we're gonna talk about that a little bit later because I think that's a whole like the healthcare yes. system and all these sectors like those are conversations within themselves. And here's our special guest for the day, Mr. Costello Wilson. Hello. How you doing, sir? How you doing? How you doing? Doing great, man. I want you to meet our team. This is Hev East. He's on the West Coast. Hey. hey, Danny P. He is uh, Danny P. The father of three, doing his thing out here. You know, Reverend Kill 
And yes. I hello. Talk earlier. How you doing? How you doing, new board member? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> so look, man, we want to just talk to you real briefly about, I know time is money for you, so we're not going to hold you past 15 minutes, but just wanted you to kind of speak a little bit on uh, workforce development. Like, what is what is the new normal going to be for companies? Like, you think we're going to stay at teleworking? Um, what are some industries that people should be um, getting uh, certifications in now so they can be prepared to to get, as they say, secure the bag, get that money after quarantine, even during quarantine, um, while this stuff is happening? What what are your thoughts on the, in that area? Wonderful. Well, one of the great things how how good God is is that we actually formed a relationship with the meeting place with Bishop Friedman in South Carolina. And one of the things that we have been able to do that we've been blessed with with as an actual location for training test lab. Um, and we have a certified instructor at a university that we was actually just about to open up right before Corona hit. Well, we actually came to realize, studied and waiting for things to open up with Zoom and Google Meet, because DreamsWork is now a CompTIA Academy, we could get the training materials and certification paperwork for pennies on a dollar that we're actually gonna be developing a virtual classroom for A plus, Security Plus. And, and, and the one thing that really had me um, love this instructor, the way he starts the class is that they, they have a computer, it's open, it's working. He has them unplug it, break it down to the motherboard, put it back together, turn it back on and say, okay, let's start class. So now what we're thinking about implementing is a computer in a box that we could send to different individuals that want to get their certifications and have a Zoom classroom like we're having right now. So when they come on the other side, they could already be certified. Wow. Okay. And then the second layer would be how can we get some of the people that we know just from the community, um, they given the right opportunity, they would be qualified to have their clearance. Right. So now we're trying to work out a mechanism so either we could work out, I know y'all probably more familiar getting stuff in sponge or seeing how we could actually get them prepared so once they get their certification, but actually get their clearance, so then they could, you know, they could probably start out making fifty or sixty thousand out the gate. So that's some of the things that we're planning on the CDC with Community of Hope and our for-profit organization to see how we can have a, a impact to our community to have us prepared while we're waiting, instead of then, you know. Let's let's go ahead and act like the game already started. Yeah, game has already started though, man. Ebony, I saw you over there reacting. I know you had some questions or comments or thoughts on this issue, so go ahead and shoot those. Yeah, I think that's really dope. I think it's important to think about not just like what's gonna happen, Costello, on the other side of this, but like what can be happening now 
so that people are gaining skills now and people are employed now and records mm -hmm. are getting expunged now. And so this model that you're talking about that allows people to um, get some skills in place, that allows people to start making money right now is so important and gonna be really beneficial when um, you know the curve is flattened. Um, I'm gonna use my scientific term for today. When the curve is flattened and people start um, going back to work, then it'll be really important to have folks in position who don't feel like they're behind because they weren't able to work and they weren't able to get skills and they weren't able to do whatever it was that they were able to do to make money during this time. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about like what you see in the future. So once, once kind of things, once the new normal um, really starts being established, like what do you think um, it looks like on the other, on the other side of that? Well, I think the new normal, and, and really it's just one of the things, as a defense contractor, I try out stuff all the time. So just imagine when I saw China had that backpack and was spraying the streets, I was like, man, I want one of those. So my guy got one, and I had it sitting in my living room, and I really didn't think, you know, and I, and I actually have a, let me show you this uh, chemical. Y'all know that office is in his house, though, right? The office is sick. Okay, so this is a chemical. It's a pet cleaner that they've been using in pet kennels for years. It, it, you can spray it on plastic, couch, different things, and it's a mist that it doesn't leave any harmful residue, okay? So I've had this. I've had the backpack. I didn't really think anything about it until my nephew tested positive and he was over my mother's house. So I'm like, wait a minute, I need to get my Corona buster on my back and go there and get Corona out of my mama house. All right? Right, right, right. So I'm booted suited right there in Fort Washington. The lady see me, she said, what you got in that thing? I said, it's a Corona killer and get out of my way, right? Cause I got to do a job. So Nisei, we moved my nephew, he's doing great. He's like, A, no systems or nothing. So the positive thing that um, um, a, one of my government clients called me up and said, hey, um, we got Corona in this gift and I heard you had a Corona killer. You think you could come here and get it? And I was like, well, I mean, I, I guess so. I mean." How much, uh, how much you paying? And he said, well, $2,400 for a 30 by 30 room. So I went in there. It took me two hours and I made $1,200 an hour. So if you ask me, I think disinfect would be a new thing to get into, especially when you think about the shopping carts, malls, the different places. This stuff, I don't know if y'all been to some places and you get the, these carts, and I, I, I wipe it with a Clorox. And I didn't really think about it, but I said, let me just do it. Man, that, that cart was so, that, that alcohol wipe was so black that it made me sick that I'm thinking I'm putting my food on this thing. Mm. So I think really disinfect, cleaning is going to be the next wave, no matter what it is. I mean, they already talking about they got this bird flu stuff going on. Tyson, 
Tyson chicken is shutting down. So I was people, reading about that. People need to start cleaning their stuff. And, and there's a hazmat class you could take. It's about 40 hours. You take the hazmat to deal with infectious diseases, right? So you get certified, you get your little sticker, you get your Corona Buster and go and make some money. Now, you know, I did the job because I just wanted the pictures. I didn't have any Corona pictures with the backpack. So I got a lot now. And I think the new, to me, if, 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 if I had to think of what type of employment, IT is great, services is great, but right now, we need, I think I was in the Washington Post on Wednesday and they didn't, they didn't say my name and I'm cool with that, but they had me in the backpack and they said I was disinfecting the area with bleach. And I was, cause we was out there feeding people in the parking lot. And I just don't like, I don't think it's sanitary without trying to do something to get this thing up off of us. So, so I think disinfecting would be a good place to be and get certified in it with the class while we're at home waiting. That way you could come on the other end, you know, having a skill. And and the guys that I know, um, so that they work, they work in, it's a um, radiation technician. They, they He was breaking down the certification and different things because that's something that we want to do virtual once we have the platform. But he was just, it's not rocket science. It's just, you know, if you, if you go clean in room, you go to the father's area and work your way back, right? Just some common sense things. So I think that would be a, a great service or a great um, thing. Cause I would, I would love somebody to come to my house now and Corona busted if it was, but now I got mine. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do, I do it myself, but Hey, I think a lot of people might want their house disinfect have you, have you trademarked corona buster because you should you know i'm a but god has blessed me so much in the other stuff i'm doing now i did get i think we did buy a domain name but at the end of the day if i could just share the the, the knowledge so our community can get in front of that and start making some jobs i'm 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 blessed by that I'm blessed by that. So, and see, so that's, yeah. the, that's the kind of guy Costello is. It like this is an opportunity. Anybody else would be thinking about greed, thinking about like, let me figure out how I can make some money exploiting this issue. And for him, it's like, well, now how can I get in front of this and make sure I'm getting the information out to the people and help them? I mean, he does. He feeds hundreds of people every Sunday, like cooked food, good cooked food, not no. Uh, yes. Uh, chili beans in a can, <laughs> but he had stuff like smoked Alaskan crab legs and yes. Uh, yes. jerk chicken and all. Danny, I'm telling you, it's real. It, it, yeah. It's real. On it's on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook. Okay. Say your pages for everybody. <laughs> follow everybody you. ran to grip their phone. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I'm the. This is a way for me to detox on Sunday, and uh, I told my wife that. Um, um, you know, after we fed people last Sunday, 600 people, I wanted to see how deep I could go. And so we, you know, we had the salmon, the the, the crab legs and other seafood. And I was out there 
on the grills in the rain until about 12 o'clock at night. And I was the, the, the wife, the kids, and, and I said, hey, God told me to do this and get me those sides, please. You know, and I tell people, they say, how much it costs? I say, zero dollars. Zero dollars, and I said, "You got that?" They said, "Yeah, they they got they got zero dollars." So, so it's just being <laughs> a blessing. Oh, you oh you found me. <laughs> all right, all right, sounds good. Sounds hey, good. Costello, Danny's another good preacher. So it's heavy. So we gotta get them over there to meet you soon too. Yes, all 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 preachers and ministers. You just you just tell me you want to be on the list and we'll give you a call on Sunday. Okay. I'll come I'll come and help you out pass out some of those dinners um, when I'm back on the East Coast. Hey, anytime, anytime. Okay, guys, I'm about to add Kurt to the call. Costello, we thank you so much. Thank you for your time, man. We appreciate you, and we definitely will be having you on the show again to talk about the work that you're doing. Keep up the good work. Thank God bless you. God bless y'all too. Bye-bye. Hello. Kurt. What's going on? How you doing, man? Let me introduce you to the friends and the fans. You know a kill already, whoever kills. Yeah. Everybody know a kill. Danny Key right there and uh, Head E, as we call it. Heavy's on the uh, West Coast. She's out there in Cali. Okay, and okay. Kim that you talked to earlier, I'm sure, on the phone. She's right okay. there, uh, rubbing us too, man. We just wanted to, first of all, we thank God for you. And okay. part of what we want to spread with this this episode um, of the podcast is <laughs> some positivity around this issue. And everybody has been talking about, and it is, a lot of, like, really sad and scary things that are happening. But it's funny because I remember right before this happened, me and you was at Minister Reverend Felicia, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we was talking about the miracle I just went through. And then when you went through this, I was just like, oh, my man got his own miracle now. He, mm-hmm. he got this beautiful miracle to talk about. So I just wanted you to share your testimony with the people, man. Okay. Um, I got a couple of them now. Can I share all of them? Or, what you know? your thing, man? We on here with you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my first one. Um, Do me is, a favor, uh, speak up a little bit into the mic because you kind okay. of know. Let me uh let me see something. Let me see if this works better. Y'all can hear me better. Is that better? No. No, it's better with the Is it it's better with the heads? Oh that... no, that's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Um so now every testimony I had. I had to find a scripture to match my testimony. Right. So, so um, I'll go with my, this is, this is the first testimony that touched me while I was fighting for my life in ICU. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one big thing is I had my first doctor's appointment today. And I went to the doctor that, that my, um, my top doctor that handled everything. I just felt that. I needed to be with her doing this walk because she got me where I needed to be. So the first thing she said is, look, can you be the ambassador for a Nova hospital? Wow. Because I was, you know, if y'all don't know, I was the first person to work with out of ICU 
in a Nova hospital in Alexandria. So, um, you know, that's just a testimony in itself. But um, my first one is, it comes from 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God's gift of grace comes in many forms. Each of us has received a gift in order to serve others. You should use it faithfully. So this first testimony is called, uh, Why Me? So it's human nature to question God sometimes. However, you have to be prepared when, you, when God comes back and checks you. You have to put your pride to the side so that you are able to receive the message. So when I was diagnosed with COVID-19, I was upset, disappointed, and frustrated. I was sitting in ICU like, why me, God? And he replied, why not you? Um, I instantly got in my feelings, and I didn't say anything. I was speechless. After I got out of my feelings, I took some time to get myself together. I sat back, prayed, and finally I was ready to receive the message that was sent to me. The first questions God asked was, you are on an assignment from me. Are you living your assignment? So I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, I do security at Community of Hope. You know, I'm serving, you know, I'm, I'm protecting the house. Then it got real in the eyes of you. God told me, the disappointing thing about you, Kirk, is that you know your gift. You've spoken on it. However, you keep running from it. So I had to sit you still so you could realize the gift I've given you. I need you to live your assignment. He said, it's going to be super uncomfortable for you. But if you follow me by faith, I will lead you in the most fulfilling path. I told God I would not dishonor him and work on becoming a youth minister. There is no higher calling for you than to be who God has called you to be. So that was my first testimony. So um, I'm gonna go. I'm just go right into the second. Now it's funny because th this was my first testimony. I, my second testimony. I um when I told people my I, I'm telling people my testimony, they was like, man. That's your first sermon. That's not no testimony. I mean, you just wrote a sermon. You don't even know you wrote your first sermon. It's the testimony. So I'm about to, you know, um, go from to this uh, my second. One. So the scripture read from this one is John three, one through eight. Now there was a fair a Pharisee man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at the night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely, they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, 
No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives you birth to flesh, but the spirit gives you birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The winds blow wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. All right. And um, the testimony title for this is I was there. I will never forget April the 16th, 2020, around 1.03 in the morning. I was in ICU at Inova Hospital, Alexandria, laying down in my bed, and my nurse came in and said, Mr. Johnson, I'm going to need for you to try to lay on your stomach. That's the best position for you to keep your lungs open. She said, I know it's going to be pretty uncomfortable for you to lay down like that since you have all these monitors hooked up to your chest and stomach. Once it gets uncomfortable, I need you to lay on one side. And when that gets uncomfortable, I need you to lay it on the other side. If your lungs don't open, we are going to have to incubate you, put tubes down your throat, and put you on a ventilator. Now, I've heard stories about these ventilators. So I say to myself, that's not going to happen. So I lay it on my stomach. I'm on the highest respirator oxygen machine. And like I said, I have all these monitors and patches hooked up to my chest and stomach. So when I did that, it didn't last too long. So I laid on my left side for a couple of hours. Then I turned and laid on my right side. I was just laying there thinking about life. All of a sudden, the strongest pressure came out of nowhere, like someone was pushing my head into the pillows to suffocate me. I'm looking out the corner of my eyes to see if someone was trying to kill me. Then I look straight ahead to see if my mother or father in the room because they are deceased and I thought they was going to lead me to the upper room. Um, so of course, the next thing I do is say, Lord, please get the devil off of me. I will do anything, my Lord. 11, second later, 11 seconds later, all of a sudden it stops. That changed my whole world. I stayed up for the next 72 hours. I was scared straight. Some of y'all heard that story last week when I was telling it on um on a, on another um my community of hope thing but um i had an early meeting with the doctors that morning i quickly stopped them from talking and asked what do i need to get out of here my doctor said mr johnson you need to be off of a respirator breathing on your own in the high 90s i asked what level am i at now she replied well, you're in the high 90s, but you're using 80% of our respirator. I then asked, how can you take it? I said, I asked, could she take it down to 40%? She said, I asked, could she take it down to 40% now? Because they don't understand what I went through that night. They don't understand I was up in the air. I was seriously scared straight. The devil tried to take me out for like 11 seconds. My anxiety levels was at an all-time high. Now, here's the kicker. All this time, I'm thinking that it was devil, the devil. Now, boy, was I stupid. Y'all remember I said this happened when I was laying on my right side. All this time, I'm thinking I'm dying. Nope, nope, nope. That pressure was coming from my father placing his, head, his hands on me, giving me a spiritual rebirth. 
No wonder I was the first person to walk out of the ICU from the coronavirus at Enola Hospital in Alexandria. My God told me I was there. I have always been there every step of the way. Then God said to me, come on, son, are you ready to follow me on this path of fulfillment? I said, yes, Father, lead the way. Amen. Amen. Man, that's strong, brother. And so you yeah, said you yeah. were the first one to leave Inova's after you? Yeah, and, I, and it's funny. I keep this close to me. This is the last oxygen. Uh, the, littles, the little one, this was the last tube that was up my nose before I got out of it. So I just wow. keep this close to me at all times. Wow. Yeah. My God. So how long, how long were you in ICU? I was in ICU for 12 days. Okay. I, um, wow. I went in on the 10th. When I got to the emergency room, my oxygen levels were under 70. Wow. So they, so they instantly put me, um, put me on, the, on the oxygen machine. They instantly put IVs on me and everything. And um, I instantly went to ICU. Now, let me ask, what made you go to ICU? I know so many times people say that some people can be asymptomatic or they don't know the symptoms, they don't know the feelings. and that's So for you, your situation, what made you, did you have to go see a doctor first? Did you just go straight to the emergency room? Like, what led up to that for you? So let me tell you the whole story. So Wednesday, I know the dates, April the 1st, Wednesday, around 7 p.m., I started getting the chills. I was just sitting at home. I just got off work. And... I, I pumped the AC at all times. Like everybody goes crazy if they in a car with me, if they in my house, because I keep it cold. Mm -hmm. When I knew I got them chills, that was just a red flag. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to get crazy. I'm not going to get crazy. Um, so by Friday, I got nothing but blood coming out, mucus. All my mucus was blood. So I was like, you know what? It's time for me. That was on April the 3rd. I went down to Fort Washington Ambulatory Center. And um, they asked me questions, you know, um, and they just basically gave me prescriptions of uh, um, amoxicillin and Tylenol um, and sent me home and quarantined me for 14 days. Okay. So that was, I was able to actually... Um, get testing from that up at FedEx field. So my first test, they canceled it. They said because of the winds, the tents couldn't hold the winds. So they rescheduled it for Friday, the 10th. Now I'm, and I'm, I'm taking everything like my daughter, like <laughs> she went Amazon crazy. Elderberry, zinc, vitamin C, you name it, she was bringing it. You know, uh, my tea, she's making tea. I mean, she's doing everything because they quarantined us. She's on another floor, I'm on another floor. And um, by, by like Thursday, Wednesday, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm got these symptoms and I'm like, I can't wait to take this test Friday. I'm walking out my door. They call me and, and cancel, cancel the test. And I'm like, 
it took everything out of me to to uh just be like i can't do this no more. I, you know i if i would have known this i would have went to the doctor yesterday um got there like i said and went straight straight to ICU. so that's how i got to that process right there wow wow you were already pretty pretty sick by the time you got to yeah, yeah. The emergency i don't room. even remember i don't remember i don't remember anything and it's a funny it's a funny situation the guy that came and checked me in and put me in a wheelchair um gave me the test and he came to my room personally i think on um let's see that was the 15th the 15th he came to my room and he's like mr johnson you know um i just had to come up here and see you you're like you know you're the success story of this hospital and i'm like you know i'm not getting it it's not registering right. Right. <clears throat> nothing like that so it was not registering to me what's really going on he said you you giving the the nurses uh you lifting them morale up and everything. I'm like, oh, okay. He said, man, you look so much better. And he just told me it's, it's good to see somebody on the other side, mm-hmm. on the better side. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. So. Still not understanding what he's saying. Huh? And still not. Still I'm still not, not processing. Yeah. I'm not yeah. processing none of this. None of this. I'm not processing it because I've been isolated in this room for so long not sleeping i got so much other stuff going on in my mind like i'm trying to i'm trying to live i'm trying to fight this you know um you know i'm doing everything i can so it didn't hit me until the next day when he had to end up going to another hospital and saying hey i just wanted to come up here give you some that because i know you're going to be good and i'm like okay and he was like, like I said, man, you inspire me. Like, you know, you just motivate me. You just make me feel good. And I was like, so how bad is it? He was like, well, you might be the actually first person to walk out of ICU that was tested positive. And I'm like, that's when everything just went fast paced. Mind you, remind you, I had my testimony that morning and wait then wait wait, came wait, wait, wait. I, so you I, recorded I, you recorded huh? your testimony from the hospital no 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 uh-uh no 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 when i the testimony went when i got rebirthed yes yes that happened that was that morning and okay. then he comes in and says that so now i'm like i'm like whoa I didn't sleep for 72 hours straight off of that that went on and him telling me that. And everything changed. Everything so changed. You were the first person to survive the tested positive for COVID out of I know about Alexandria. Yeah. Look at God. <coughs> yeah. Look at yeah. God, man. Miracle signs and wonders, man. Yeah. And those of yeah. you who don't know Kurt, Kurt is always a motivational person. Real good guy, businessman, entrepreneur. Like, he the plug. He told me where to get the black owned manicures at and all that stuff last time we used to I mean, just a 100% good dude. And so, when you hear something like that is happening to somebody that you know is so good, your prayer is just like, God, spare this man. Like, God, heal this man. 
and to see him come out on the other side of this, when we hear every day about the 800 people a day that's down in New York, we hear every day about all the people who didn't make it. It's like, Kurt, when I think about you, I think about that uh, that whining song. Millions didn't make it, but I'm one of the ones who did. Right, right. That's how I would describe your situation. Like millions, hundreds of thousands of people didn't make it out of a hospital they checked into. Right, right. One of the ones who did. Yeah, and I never looked at the news. I never looked at anything that would make me, you know, I stopped. That's why I got off Facebook because every time I open it, somebody's saying, rest in peace, my a family member died. And it was just too much. And it's just like, you know, um, I said, I can't do this. I, I didn't watch anything. The only thing I watched while I was there was when that Jordan, uh, uh, I watched that one Sunday. Because, um, you know, that was, you know, uh, that's the great, the greatest player of all time to me. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it changed me. So, and God has been revealing so many things to me already. It's like, I got, I, I, I'm scared and happy at the same time because, um, he's revealed so much to me, you know, um, ever since I got out, it's just you know, he's, it's like, he's lining up my team, you know, there's some people that are, was closest to me that are already out of my life already. He's put peace place. He, he knows exactly what to do. And I'm following. I didn't question anything. I didn't question nothing. It, it didn't sound right. It didn't, I don't, okay, whatever. But for me to take this to the next level and to become all that God has called me to be, he made it right for me. He made it, he made it right. So he's lining up my team. He's cutting people and he's picking up free agents for me. Building you a championship squad, right? Yeah, building me a championship squad, man. All right, so I want to just share a scripture with you. Um, and this one has, is one that helped me when I was down and in the hospital and coming out and, and that whole process of understanding like that, this is really a miracle. It's the 118th Psalm and the 17th verse. And in the, in the NIV version, it just says, I will not die, but live. Mm -hmm. And will proclaim what the Lord has done. Mm -hmm. And even as you say that you are now called and you feel this calling to ministry, I want you to keep focused on that piece that you will you will not die but live mm -hmm. and proclaim what the Lord has done. Um, there's a, a a prayer I learned. I spent a lot of time with this rabbi when I was in the hospital, and she um, taught me this Hebrew prayer. It's the prayer that Moses prayed over Miriam when she got sick. It says El Narefa Nal Halah, and it, it and and it means Lord, please heal her, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's an eleven letter word in Hebrew. And they said it points back to the 11 letter name of God that in Hebrew is the, the name that he gave, Mo, told Moses when Moses asked who you are. And we always hear it translated as um, I am that I am, right? But she said the correct translation from Hebrew really is I will be who I will be. And it's a, it's a slightly different word, but it changes the whole meaning because it means I will be whoever I need to be in whatever situation you're in to give you victory. 
not just I, I am that I am is like stagnant. Like I'm just here and I'm going to be this person that you back today. But I will be who I will be means no matter what you are involved in, no matter what comes next to you, I'll come and I'll put my hands on you. I'll breathe that breath of life back into you. I'll clear your lungs out. I will make you a miracle. I will make you a sign. I will make you a wonder so that people can say, look at the God of Kurt. Mm-hmm. If he was able to be the first one to survive something that killed everybody else, hundreds of thousands didn't make it, but he's one of the ones who did. Yeah. And so I just appreciate you for sharing your story, brother. Um, I mean, I'm full, man. I'm I'm full. Danny, you ain't said nothing over there, man. How you feeling? Hey, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm I'm ready. You know, kill. You know, um, I'm gonna be talking to you. You know, because you know. I need some assistance. I need accountability partners. I need, you know, that you know, uh, you know us. So we going yeah. you know, I, yeah, but, you know, I got some, I got some big things I, I need to do. So yeah, and then, and the sad thing is the out of all of this, I, the the biggest thing I've learned from all of this is to make this is going to make it an easy process for me is. I got to be honest with myself. As long as I'm honest with myself, it's easy. And that's all I've been doing since I've been home. And, you know, I'm, I mean, I come in. I, for instance, I'm going to give you one example. I came in my house. I'm, I'm a shoe fanatic. Everybody know I'm a shoe fanatic. I came in my house and was like, why do I have over 30 pair of shoes I've never worn? Like they're a prize. Like, you know, what am I getting out of it? I'm not even wearing them. Like, what, why, why, why are you doing this? Please break it down. So the new me was talking to the old me and mm. like, I came into my house like it was a new house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The love, everybody knows, trust me, the love for my shoes. Me and Reverend Bill, yeah, trust me. I'm looking crazy like, why do I have all these new shoes i'm not talking about regular why do i have over 30 pair of new shoes in my house that i what is the purpose so uh, i think you muted yourself this is all i gotta do so you know i look at it like he was always there i couldn't you know always there i did did you see the the movie? Did you see the any of y'all see? Yeah, I watched. My it. brother, have you said my you brother did that too, right? Who me? Yeah, the YouTube link on Facebook. That was him. That was in the movie. Yes. So, yep. I'm and I'm gonna just rewind back to that. I'm not. I, I hope. Am I holding y'all up? Do I get a couple of minutes? Oh. You, you okay. Oh, okay. So we go back to that movie. That was ten years ago. My lifestyle ten years ago. My brother said, "Look." I got, you know, me and my, me and one, um, him and one of my cousins wrote a movie. I had no idea it was the Annapolis Small Film Festival and they was writing a movie and it had to be like under 18 minutes. So they come to me and say, hey, we want, we want you to do, be the lead in a movie. I was like, what? Like lead in a movie? I ain't gonna remember all these lines. And he was like, but it's my brother. So I was like, well, let me just check it out. Let me check it out. So I look at it. And the first day was a difficult day. Um, 
but we sat, we talked and everything. And I was like, let me read this script. It was like take 66, you know, because I'm trying to, now I messed up a word. So we just came to an agreement of, hey, Kurt, just be you. You know what I'm saying? Just be you. And I'm like, oh, just be me? Let me see the script. Let me read. Okay. So I just read it like it was a book and went and changed. And it, everything was um, that wasn't narrated that I said yeah. was just going with the flow. Because that's what my life was 10 years ago. Drinking, you know, um, you know, women and all of that. So that, that was, I was just being me. So that was easy. But I didn't know God would order my steps yeah. to being, I was there, I was the movie. And if you, if, if you look at it, what was that? My second testimony, I was there. Mm-hmm. My brother. I thought that's that, where you got it from. I thought you were well, making that parallel. Well, I kind of stole it from my brother, but okay, we haven't okay. talked about this in 10 years. Like we just did the film and it was this, that, and that was it. So. I was like, and, and I did. I just remember the name of the movie. I don't re- really remember, you know, I, I remember filming it, but I couldn't tell you all of the, the whole movie. But my brother called me. He knew I was doing um, the men's ministry for COH yesterday. And he presented that to me early that morning. But I'm going to tell you how God works. It didn't have sound. It, the narrator part was the narrator part, but the sound when I was talking didn't work. Hmm. So you could like maybe hear a, a little bit of it. So we got off the call at 845. I get a text out the blue at 852. And, and one of the people that was in it said that I haven't talked to him. Guess what? Guess what I'm doing? Guess what I'm watching? And I was like, weird science. She was like, no, because you know that's my favorite movie. She said, no, I'm watching um, that little movie that you was in. I was like, stop lying. She said, no, I'm watching it. I said, it got sound? She was like, yeah, it got sound. I was like, call me right now. Call me right now. Send it to me. Send it to me. That's why I resend it out to everybody so they could hear it. Right. So oh, wow. when I say order my step, and this is everything that I'm doing now, this is how the process is going. I kind of feel like I got special powers or something, you know, because that's how everything is going right now. The power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Right. laughs> so, yeah, so now, you know, I look at it like the, like what I was saying, the spirit, the spirit, I, you know, I had doubts. You know, I'm just being honest. I had doubts. And if if I can't see physical, it's kind of hard for me to process everything. But after this, I know he's here right with me right now. So being honest with myself and knowing he is right beside me, nah, y'all better be ready. That's all I'm saying, you know. Man, man, that's powerful, bro. And we're just so happy that you're doing well. Um, are you feeling 
better these days? <laughs> um, I'm feeling better, but I, 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 I know not to rush this, you know? Yeah. So, you know, like I'm always on the go, always on the go. I've never sat still this long ever. So, you know, I'm respecting the process and I'm following his lead. So I have no problem just sitting still. So, you know, if I got have to recover for two weeks or two months, just know when it'll be like a pit bull that's been locked up for about 20 years. That's how that's how it's gonna be. So I'm coming that's out the gate rolling. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, we're excited about the impact that you're you're making in the kingdom and the impact that you're going to make um, in the future. And so this has just been so edifying. So thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. I appreciate it. I, I just thank y'all for ha having me here. You know, um, you know, I'm just blessed. You know, there's nothing but God, you know. Yeah. The honor and the glory to him. So I appreciate it. Well, man, we appreciate you joining, man. Everybody, this is Kurt, my homie. Kurt, give me your uh, your social media in case they want to follow you and see your progress. Um, my um, Facebook is uh, Kurt Johnson, C U R T, not with a K, Johnson. Um, my Instagram is Curtis J. Three one three. All right, thank you, brother. We appreciate you, man. All right. Y'all have a great one. All right. You too, man. God bless right. you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. How, how y'all feeling over there? Wow. I mean, I didn't really have much to say because, you know, Baptist folks, you know, they always say you're looking at a miracle, but when you actually see one, talk to one it's 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 almost like i you know i do a lot i do enough talking as it is let me actually listen mm. let right. me hear yeah. let me hear yeah. what let me hear the miracle let me let the miracle talk and take in everything taking everything as it is so that was my opportunity to shut up and just listen it gave me it, his, his story gave me chills just to know that from the first through the 10th when he started having those symptoms he didn't get to he didn't really get to icu to the 10th mm. like that's over a week that he had to like that he had to suffer and he went to multiple places to either get the test all this stuff and nobody did anything except give him medicine he couldn't yeah. get the test because of the wind it's wild, but that's been a, a huge part of the complaints, right, from people in terms of you can't really get treatment until you're like really sick. And if you wait until you're really sick, then by that time, you know, it's so much harder to recover if your lungs are at 7% versus when he, you know, first started feeling ill, when who knows like what his, his lungs were at that point. Um, so, and that's been a huge part of the, of the, you know, controversy. And I've just been really thanking God for you know, the fact that um, no one in my immediate family um, has been affected health-wise, because I think the challenge is, like, you can't go to the doctor. You can't just get up and go to the doctor. You have to, like, really wait till you have severe symptoms. Um, you can do telehealth, but 
it's been such a challenge. And so this has been, um, like I mentioned earlier, so edifying to hear about a success story instead of just hearing death tolls. Like this is what feeds our faith and gives us and people who are going to be watching and viewing hope. Um, because if you watch the news and if you tune into what's going on on social media, it can really seem like there is no hope, but we know better. So that was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you think about what calling in to your doctor, not all insurances will pay for that. Mm-hmm. So some people aren't going to call in because they just don't have the money to, to put that medical bill. Yeah, and I know I know about owing the medical bills too. They don't they don't give you no uh no gray area. Right. So I man, I appreciate you. I'm I'm full. I, I swear I'm full right now. Now it's full of things over there eating. I know you full, bro. <laughs> Danny tried to sneak away and come back. Those y'all video, y'all to see him sneak away. About three minutes, three and a half minutes ago. Hey, now, hey, hold up. Plate, plate all of us with. Hey, hold up. Hey, time out. Turkey wings on the way, Bryce. I hey, yo. At least I had the audacity to shout out friends. I changed my whole profile <laughs> just so I can I can shout out friends and a family while I was taking a pause break, a pause for the cause. Cause I was like, if I'm gonna be away, I can't just be shouting out anything. I gotta at least rep what I, what we doing. So I changed the profile while I took a pause for the calls to rep friends and the family, y'all. Cause we gotta tune in. Yeah, so we gonna let you have this break cause you've been the principal of in home school all day. Daycare, daycare. Man, we gonna let we gonna let that pass. For this this episode we got here. Um, guys, we're going to be visiting y'all every week now again on Mondays, not Wednesdays. We'll be here um, from 6.30, hopefully from 6.30, 7.30. We'll get the stream together so you can see it live. And you can find us on your favorite podcast platform in uh, just a few days. So we'll be up on that, too. Um, we look forward to connecting with you guys. Uh, follow us on Facebook at Friends and the Fam or on Twitter at Friends and the Fam. Friends has a Z and not an S on it. And uh, we, we just look forward to connecting with y'all, man, and building with y'all. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless you. Good night. We're going to go get our COVID buses. Friends our- in the fam. Okay, get your Corona busters, too. Hey, I'm getting that. Corona busters. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. All right, man. We out. Peace out, guys. Peace.